0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShall from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I'm going to get right to this because I've got to squeeze a court into a paint. I don't plan on being long. I don't plan on being uh, too forceful with this message. I want to give you some Information And God just gave me this this morning. I literally was writing in between listening and trying to hear what God was saying um, about uh, tonight and about this conference this week and what the Lord is doing. And um, I'm going to topic this one God, one nation, one night. Uh, that's that's original. God gave that to me. God, God. <laughs> one God, one nation, one night. What a wonderful idea a stadium worship is. You realize that some people would never set foot inside of a church building, but they'd have no problem going to a stadium. Hear me good. And there are a lot of people who would never set foot in the celebration center or any other church in this city, but they won't have a problem going to a stadium. Just like with Super Sunday, uh, it models for people uh, what may be. Um, known as a church without walls. And in essence, that's what we really should be, a church without walls. Because the church is not a physical structure. Uh, Physical structure is where the church meets. You've heard today, I'd much rather have a very comfortable uh, surrounding like this where I can come, bring pad and pencil, iPad, phone, whatever, my Bible, and be able to sit comfortably uh, comfortably, not in this hot African sun under a tree, and um, and hear the word of the Lord and be blessed. And this is just this physical structure a, shine, a sign and a show of God's blessing and prosperity in the life of this ministry. He puts us in what's called a wealthy place. Uh, the Bible calls it a large place. And I don't mean large and physically large. I mean vision-wise large. You ought to want to be a part of a ministry that has a big vision, that can do big things, that wants you to do big things and wants to give you vision. I may mention yesterday that Pastor Tom, if he was in America, would probably be a coach to CEO- CEOs or would probably be a mentor to multimillionaires there. And could probably be living a life of ease and comfort um, in the United States of America. But God has assigned him here to help you to become those things. It's amazing how our, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, I think about what I could be if I wasn't pastoring. I think about uh, what position I would hold secularly if I wasn't doing what I was doing. Somebody told me I'd probably be a comedian And um, be uh, making a whole lot of money uh, and doing what I do. But uh, the stadium worship tonight creates a natural, uh, a neutral site for whosoever will. Ephesians 4 is the verse that rings in my ears, in my heart for tonight's service. So I want you to listen to it carefully. It's on the screen. Ephesians 4 verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. And one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. That's what I think about when I think about tonight's worship. The verse says that there's one God. Of course, hear ye, O Israel, for the Lord our God is one God. There's no other God beside him. So we know that God is one. Then it says there's one body and only one spirit. Remember what the Bible says in Ephesians, out of twain made he one new man, one new nation. We're that new race of people. So in essence, when we come into God, come into Christ, we are one nation. Also, it says we have but one hope. Now, I believe that this is that blessed hope of the glorious appearing of the great God of us and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we all have this hope. Everybody that has this hope in themselves purifies himself even as he is pure. The text says, the Bible says, we're actually saved by hope. And I used to tell people at home, I tell people all the time, I show hope I'm saved. you yeah, I show hope that uh, what I did is real and I show hope Jesus is coming back again. How many of you have that blessed hope, that blessed hope? You have to see it like that. You have to not just be blind followers of God. You must understand that your relationship with God is a process and you live in hope. You're saved by hope and you're hoping that God will do what God says he will do. So here's what I see with stadium worship tonight. You guys as a local church are not trying to be number one. I really like that, that the, the covenant of, of, um, of um, celebration churches, you're not trying to just be the one. You're bringing the city of Harare together. You're bringing the nation of Zimbabwe together. You're not trying to be the one. Instead, instead of trying to be the one, you are endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, to show the world that you are all one. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father was above us all through us all and in us all. But watch this. This gets good. Listen what the Bible says about oneness. Romans 12 verse four. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. That's a good place to say, man, <laughs> that we're members one of another. Let me read it again because you don't think you got that. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many, many local churches, many bodies are one body In Christ, and everyone members one of another. Let me give you the picture. It's like coming to action, right? And all of the individual local bodies of celebration show up, and you can't tell one from the other. Every member is one of another all celebration churches, but you can't tell them apart. One is from this city, one is from that city, but when we blend and come in together, it's hard to separate them because we're coming under the same banner of love, we're coming in the same hope of our calling, we're coming under the same God who's above us all, through us all, and in us all, and we appear to be one body, though we're many members. So we're many members that make up one body. That's it in the natural. You can see it that we come together and we are one. So here's something God showed me. You're going to a stadium where normally sports are played. Do they play sports there? Normally sports are played. Do they play sports there in the stadium? They play sports there, right? Uh, you could have answered me. You could have said yes. But it would have help helped me tremendously if you'd have done it right there. I wouldn't have had to repeat it. So they do play sports there sometimes. Am I right? Yes, yes, yes. So the chant you normally hear in the stadium is we're number one. We're number one as in one team against another. We're number one and the other side we're number one. And other teams are holding up their fingers, we're number one. And other teams holding their finger, we're number one. Cheerleaders are cheering their team on. And then the two teams get out onto the field and they compete against each other. So normally it's one team declaring their greatness over another. Now we just read Romans 12, right? With many members, one body. And we're not competing, we're completing. So then, tonight, instead of individual teams chanting and 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 announcing, we're number one. We're number one. We're number one. We're number one. Our church the best. Our church is the best. Our church is the biggest. Our church is the biggest. Our church is richer. Our church is poor. Tonight, the chant ought to be not we're number one, but rather we are one. 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 Say it. We are one. We are one. We are one. We are one. We're not number one. So it's not many members competing to be the best or the one body. It's many members making up the one. We're not many members coming together or individual members coming together to be the one church. We're many members coming together as the one church. So now watch this. Watch this. The Lord's prayer is not what we think it is. Many people believe that the Lord's prayers in Matthew and in Luke, where well, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That way, how many of y'all know that as the Lord's Prayer? That's the Lord's Prayer. Okay, 10 of you guys. I'm going I'm, I'm to keep coming, and one day I'm going to get everybody to raise their hand at one time. Everybody. <laughs> we claim Matthew 6 of the Lord's Prayer. Actually, the Lord's Prayer is found in John 17. See in John 17, Jesus shares with us his greatest burden. He he he's it's it's after the betrayal. It's the last night of his earthly ministry, and he prays this prayer for those who will follow him, and those who are following him. I didn't ask for that yet. I'll call it for it in a minute. And what's the burden? The burden is his oneness and unity that he desires the oneness and the unity that he and the father have. It's showing what effect being one can have on the world. Jesus, his last message, his last prayer, his earnest desire is that we be one even as he and the father are one. When we as Christians show that we are one, we prove a visible, tangible witness to the world. When we can come together together as one body, we prove a visible, tangible witness to the world. Can't you hear the crowd chanting again? We are one. We are one. We are one. That is the cry of the body of Christ. Listen to Jesus' prayer about this. This is a prayer that he prays for all of his disciples. Now you can put it up on the screen, John seventeen twenty. It says this, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also watch this for those who will believe in me through their message or their witness that all of them may be one father just as you and I or you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, so that they might be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Hallelujah. Father, make them one. This is powerful. That the world, the unbelievers the naysayers, the scoffers, the mockers, or the curious people who are in the valley of decision may know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. That's a powerful prayer. He's praying for those who will come to know Christ through the witness of those who follow him, who followed him even at that moment. So Jesus says, I do not ask on behalf of the 11 disciples that he now had with Judas gone along, but he prayed for those who believed on him and who would believe on him through their word or through their witness. That's why this afternoon when you go out, God is going to use you to help those who don't yet believe in order for people to come to know Christ. They have to have a witness. Somebody's got to present the good news, the gospel to them, someone has to invite them to come and know the Lord Jesus. Come on, y'all! And 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 when 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 Jesus came and Andrew met him, then Andrew went and got his brother Peter. He went and said, Peter come here. The woman at the well, she went and got the people of the city to come see the Messiah. Somebody's got to share the gospel with you. When I lead people to Christ in our local church often, and it was seasonably for a long time, I would bring up the guy who brought me the gospel. There's a guy in my church. Listen, wake up, man. There's a guy in my church who now, work, who now works for me. He is on staff of me, but he brought me the gospel. And so when people come to Christ, 10, 15, 20, 30, however they are, I have at many times called him up on the stage and stood him next to me. And I said to them, listen, listen, just like you have come to Christ and you now know Jesus, it's your responsibility to go and invite someone else to Christ if you believe that this is real. Then I would say to them, this is the man That brought me the gospel. And I am here today because he obeyed God and witnessed and brought me the gospel. And there are stars going into his crown right now because of your commitment through my witness or through my message to you but God is going to reward him for the efforts that I've made now because he was obedient and it's a trickle down effect and those of you that are going to go to heaven and just have a headband on God bless you at least you made it. But some of us are going to have stars in our crowns. Some of us are going to have rewards, unbelievable, and it was just through an effective witness. Maybe one person that you might meet today may become the next Tom DeShiel, may become the next Billy Graham, may become the next Carrie Boone, you know, may become that person that, that will change a nation and change the world, but they need a witness. And so when you go this afternoon, you have to be sensitive that you don't know who you're talking to. Matter of fact, you don't know who you sit next to. Now, they might be nodding and sleeping because it's Saturday morning, but God may wake them up one day. Glory be to God. God may touch them one day and they may become the great evangelists that you dreamed of being. So then he prayed for those who believe on him through their word. And through the witness of the disciples, and that's my prayer for you today. That when you go, that uh, God will use you to be that witness. So that's what this afternoon is all about. Go out and uh, let God use you. So when you go out this afternoon, here's what you'll be doing. Matthew five sixteen. Here's what you'll be doing. You'll be letting your life shine. It's on the screen. Matthew five sixteen. The text says, "So let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works." Is it up there? And glorify your father which is in heaven. Uh, he didn't get it up but, but that's what the text says in Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that others might see your good works and glorify your father. Now, this is about to get good. Watch this. John 17 says that we have the truth. If you read the whole chapter, not just the prayer of Jesus, but the other things that are in the p- chapter, and you got your memory verses stuck in there somewhere. Sanctify them with your truth for that word is truth. John seventeen, seventeen. So we have the truth and so we have the hope the truth for the next generation of believers. We carry in our bosom what is needed for the next generation to be successful. That's why we have to guard the truth. That's why we have to teach our children the word of God. And we have to teach the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. They are our responsibility. Did you know that wisdom and soul winning go hand in hand? That if you want to be wise, you'll do what? Win souls. He that winneth souls is wise. And so your witness today And what we'll do tonight in the stadium is a wise thing. It took wisdom to pull that together, to think about that. Wisdom, as you learned this week, comes from above. God downloads stuff into people. And sometimes when he downloads it, it appears to be impossible or unnecessary or strange. Or people ask the simple question, why? Whenever God is really in something, there's always going to be people that's going to ask, why? How? What? Because it's, it's God. And, it, you know, I tell people all the time, people say, well, how did you guys do what you did in Jacksonville? How did you guys buy a mall? We own an entire shopping mall, you know, as a church, you know. How did you guys start a school? We are one of the best schools in the city, in the state of Florida. How did you guys feed hundreds, literally thousands of people? How did you guys do all that? How did you get to where you are? I said, if I could explain it, then it's probably not God. Let me go over here because you didn't get it. I I don't have a formula for this. I I can't write it in a book and say, now, if you do this, this is going to happen for you. I'm like Pastor Tom. Things just happen. I get blessed. Stuff just goes on, and I don't even know or understand why. I don't even understand how myself. Has anybody ever been so blessed that you just didn't understand why or how? All you had to do was just throw your hands up and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so, that's what we So, the next generation is our responsibility. Jesus prayed this prayer on the last evening of his earthly life. And he prayed that his disciples would transfer the truth of the one body. So, tonight's stadium worship is an earthly picture of Jesus' heart for what the church should look like. And if we're going to be true followers of Jesus, we have to be concerned about the loss. Those who are coming after us who don't know him just yet. You have to be moved with compassion as he was. He was moved with compassion. So when they see the church coming together as one, the text says they will believe that God sent Jesus and they would experience the love that God has for mankind, the same love that he has for his son. So we must also participate, as we do in Jacksonville, in what's called random acts of kindness. Uh, Pastor Tom tried to explain it to you even when you're being extorted. You've got to some kind of way muster up the spirit of grace and you've got to be kind even when you're being ripped off. That's not easy, but you've got to be able to show uh, and respond like Christ would respond. If they ask you to go one mile, go two. They ask you for your hat, give them your coat as well. That's a hard thing. Who can do it? He says pray for them that despitefully use you. He said to love your enemies. He said your enemies feed them clothe them. Go right over here. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Don't try to take it upon yourself. If you really want to get knocked in the head with one of those sticks and drug down to the jail, some of y'all been there, brother. Yeah, I've been hit with some of them sticks, man. <laughs> and I said it just coming in yesterday, Paul, uh, time we were coming in and, and the uh, police officers were waving people over with sticks in the United States of America. If you got a stick and you're trying to wave me over, you're going to see my bumper. You're going to see my tail light because I'm moving. I keep going. You ain't stopping me with a stick. Not in America. You better have a little bit more than me keep going. So when, when you go out today, when you go out today, uh, you, you, you need to do what Jesus told the disciples to do in Luke 10. It's on the screen. Luke 10 verse 3 through 9. He said, now go your ways. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. Top right there. You know that, right? That you're sent as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse, nor script, nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. And in in whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to that house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. Verse 7. And in the same house, remain, stay there eating and drinking such things as they give you. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And to whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Now there are a whole lot of things in there that we may not be able to explain in this time but this is specific to the time in which Jesus and his disciples lived. And he would send them, they would go from village to village, hamlet to hamlet, city to city. And he didn't want them going begging. He didn't want them going a certain kind of way. He said, I want you to go with this kind of attitude. And I think that the attitude that I want to lift out of here are four things that we can do in Harare, that we can do in relation to what's going to happen tonight. And it can happen and God can be glorified. Number one, the first thing he said was, bless them. I think it's on the screen. Bless them. We've got to be able to speak peace to the people. When you go out today before you go, we do what's called prayer walking. I just want it one at a time, guys. You can take it off just one at a time. He says, bless them. You go out and you bless them. You speak peace to them. As you get ready to go, you go, father, I'm going out today, walking the streets of Ferrari. I'm going through these communities, father, and I speak peace to the people in this community. I speak peace to the households. I speak peace to the places where there's turmoil. I speak peace to the places where there's corruption. And Father, I bless these people. I bless this community. I celebrate this community. Harare is my home. Harare is where you place me. Harare is where I live. Zimbabwe is the nation of choice for me. You decided to put me here. I live here and I celebrate you for it. Zimbabwe is a great country. Harare is a great city. And you peace. You've got to bless where you are. You've got to find a comfort there. Come on y'all because if you don't find a passion and if you're not concerned, if you don't love where you live, you're not going to love the people where you live. You've got to love where you are. You cannot sit around and try to act like you're not happy with being where you are and you can't always be telling people, well right now I live in Harare like you're trying to go somewhere. No, you live in Harare and so you need to celebrate living in Harare. You need to celebrate living in Zimbabwe. Pastor Tom was heading down the road about some of the entitlement in the United States and he was right on target and some of the things that we've gone through. I said it in one of the messages that I preached here that I live in a nation where slavery used to be legal. I live in a nation to where there were Jim Crow laws, separate but equal, that we had separate schools for black people. We had separate stores. We had separate this, separate that. Couldn't go through the front. Had to come through the back door. But I came live in memory of that. I can't let that pain of the past of my ancestors and those who've gone before me keep me from walking into liberty wherein Christ have set me free because he that the son sets free is free indeed. He heals my past, my pain. He heals that. And so I've gone from that to where I am today. I ain't complaining. I don't forget where I come from, but I ain't complaining because I've taken the principles of God not even on purpose, just just by accident, just by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything that the heathen seeks after, God has added it unto me. And so I'm just standing here in front of you blessed and don't know why I'm blessed, how I'm blessed, other than Jesus is Lord of my life and I give God the praise for everything in my life. I need about ten people to say amen. amen. Secondly, fellowship with them. So after you bless them, then you Fellowship with them. And that's what he was saying. He said, Whatever they set before you, eat. The, the, the phrase koinonia I mentioned the other night is that love feast, agape feast, that fellowship where we not just come together to be with each other, but we have a meal. And whatever they place before you, you eat it. And when you do that, you're fellowshipping and you're listening. You're listening to people. Tell somebody, listen to people. Listen to people. You know how many times we miss opportunities to win folk to Christ because we talk too much? There used to be a drink in the United States called Big Mouth. It's a big mouth. It's a beer. It's called Big Mouth. And, and and Big Mouth. And the commercial were like, you got a big mouth. A big mouth. That was a song, but it was Big Mouth Beer. And there are a lot of people who have big mouths. You just talk too much. You gotta learn how to listen to people. People are hurt. People have needs. People want somebody to talk to. That's why he sent them two by two. You know why he sent them two by two? So the other person can say. So these batteries need to be changed in all these microphones. All of them are dead and dying. All of them. All right. Now the bottom, look at the battery. Tell me, hold the bottom of it. Throw something, bust you in the head. That's where I come from. That's how we do it. We straight gangster. (laughs) What? Tell me, what? I hold the mic. Why? do I hold it? Yep, yep. He owed me anyway. I gave him a hundred dollars last night. I hold the mic where I want to. So listen to them. I said he sent them two by two. Why do he send them two by two? So that when one of them is talking too much, the other one can go like, "Listen, listen." <laughs> so so we need each other. So as we go, we need to listen and not talk. So much and then after you bless them after you fellowship with them then you minister to them remember the text says you you meet their needs heal them that are among you heal them Luke chapter 4 verse 18 gives us to know that the anointing is to heal them Acts ten thirty eight. Jesus is our perfect example how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good, um, healing, 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 all that oppressed oppress the devil, for God was with him. So we've been anointed to heal people. So he says, take care of their felt needs. Deal with them. If you can bless them, bless them. If you can get them a glass of water, get them a glass of water. If you can pass them a mint, pass them a mint. Whatever you can do to bless them, bless them, heal them. Hug them, hold their hands, pray with them, talk to them, do something that shows. uh, Sir Francis of Sissy, one of the great um, Catholic leaders of our day, who the Pope Francis today took as his namesake because he was so concerned about people, he says, go and evangelize, paraphrasing, uh, your city, and use words if you have to. But go and show people. Don't just talk. Talk is cheap. We have talk shows. We have talk radio. We we get out talked. People can out talk you. How many of you know there's some knuckleheads out there that can out talk you? They 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 are more skilled in the world than you are in the word. And so when you go out there, talking is cheap. You have to demonstrate it. You have to show them. Come on, talk to me here. You got to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the jails, the prison, the nursing home, the hospitals, take care of the widows and those who are orphaned in need. And so that's our responsibility. Have something. That's why we got to be blessed. That's why we got to have something to give. When Abraham, um, when the two angels came into Sodom and Gomorrah, when they said, uh, fix them something to eat. You know, when the angels came and appeared it, a lot of times in the Old Testament then uh, you had to have something for them. You had to be able to take care of your guests. That's why a bishop must be given to hospitality and there's no way in the world I could be hospitable broke. I'm trying to help y'all. You can't be hospitable broke so you gotta have something and that's why God wants to bless you. That's why God wants to give you your need plus some. Your need with some left over. Did y'all listen to anything this week? And those are the things you have to practice in your life so you can do that. So you go into the city and you bless it. You speak over it and you celebrate it. And then you fellowship. You listen to them. You talk to them and they talk back to you. And then you heal those that are among you. You heal them. You, you take care of felt knees. And then lastly, you preach it. Lastly, you preach and proclaim to them that the kingdom has come. Our problem is we want to preach first, but we got the cart before the horse. You've got to enamor people. You've got to engage people. You've got to show people that you care. Nobody wants to know how much you know until they know how much you care. And you need to get that in your system. You can preach like Paul and pray like Silas. But if you're not blessing people, if you're not fellowshipping with people, if you don't love people and aren't healing people, you're not going to be able to get through to people. One of the reasons when I come here, and I'm just going just gonna to share with you what I do when I come here. When I come here, I engage you. Many of you have selfies with me and all of my security guys are grabbing me and snatching me away and pulling me away from you, but I engage. Many of you realize that in worship, I engage in worship. I am one of you. I am here with you. I cannot preach to you if I cannot praise with you. I cannot preach to you if I cannot pray with you. I cannot preach with you if I can't sow into you. I want to bless you. Some of you I've sown into since I've been here. There's one, there's one there, one there, definitely one back there. Tell me i get your hand off the mic. And so God has blessed me to be a blessing. So I come and I engage you. And I engage you on purpose because I want you to know I care about you. I don't give a flip about standing up here with a microphone preaching at you. My job is to equip you and to bless you and to model for you a life that says, I don't just know, I care. So I honor you, and I celebrate you, and I celebrate your patience with me, and I celebrate the fact that nobody got mad at me because I told him I can hold the mic wherever I want to. <laughs> so here is what Jesus' prayer was. I saw my clock. Number one, that we may all be one. In America, on our money, there's an expression called e pluribus unum. E pluribus unum. It says out of many one. Well you guys use American dollars. E Pluribus Unum on our monetary system. Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson are responsible for that when America was just thirteen colonies. And they wanted the thirteen colonies to become one colony. So e Pluribus Unum was the suggestion. Out of many, one, where the thirteen colonies become one nation, and then we've added now with fifty states that make up one nation. E Pluribus Unum. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And so that's the concept that out of many becomes one. So Jesus' prayer was that we can have the same oneness that he and the father has. That's important for two reasons. Number one, he said that we might be one in the father and in the son. Uh, There are a lot of people who love the father, but they got this distant relationship with the son. Well, they love the son, and they got this distant relationship with the father. Can I show you the difference in the two? Anybody? Just say say yes. So, if you just have this relationship with the son, right, that's Jesus, our elder brother. How many of you ever heard that? Jesus, our elder brother. Our elder brother is Jesus, right? So, if you get in a fight, your brother comes down, right? Your elder brother sees you getting whooped, right, in a fight. Boom, boom, boom. They're pummeling you. Your brother comes, grabs a stick like the police, and comes down and and beats them off of you, right? And then that's your brother. Come, come, brother, come. And then you go home with your brother. And you're in the house, and you look up and you say, thank you, brother, for saving me. Oh, brother, thank you for saving me. And that's what the son did, right? Jesus came and he saved us, right? Now, you're in a fight. The father comes. The father goes, that's my son they're beating up on. Goes in there, he takes a stick, beats them off you. He takes you home and he goes into the house and you go, father, father, thank you thank you for saving me he's all right take your pants off I'm going to tell your behind up here boy I done told you about going down there told you to stay away I told you to go come on as many the father loves he chastens come on y'all and he spanks he rebukes we want our brother to save us but we don't want the father to discipline us so he says you need saving and discipline So he said, so we need the father and the son. And of course, the Holy Spirit is the one that's convicting you about, you're going to get whooped tonight. Yeah, the the father is going to tear your behind up tonight. So Jesus' prayer is that we be one. Number two, the second thing you expect to see tonight in the stadium is found in the prayer. And that is the glory of God. Remember in the prayer, he says, Father, the glory which you have given to me, I give to them, that they may be one just as we as one. The glory of God. I believe tonight we're going to experience, experience the glory of God, the kabod of God, the weight of God. I believe the tangible presence of God. I have been in meetings where you couldn't move because the anointing was so thick the glory of God was in the place. In the Old Testament, the cloud, the glory cloud would come and enter into the tabernacle until the point to where the priest could not even stand to minister. But I believe he says that the glory can be expected. And then number three, you'll see the glory when we come together focusing on what unites us rather than on what divides us. uh, we, We have to focus on what's unites us rather than what divides us. Um, I heard Pastor Tom say yesterday, come today, ready to go to the streets, come dressed semi-casual, kind of be careful not to dress too loosely, but to dress, and I took it myself. I I, I was hoping he was talking to me because I was tired of putting on a jacket and slacks and stuff, so I grabbed my little baby blue pants and my little my little funny-looking shirt, and I put it on, and I came in like this today all day. They scared to death, expecting to see Pastor Tom in a suit with a tie on. I said, oh, my God, if he comes in, and guess what I would have done? Out of respect to my host, I would have gone home and changed. I would have gone back to the hotel and gathered together because, listen, of the respect we have for our host. So, what has to happen here, you'll see that the glory will fall into place when we come together on what unites rather than what divides. What divides us? How we wear our hair. How we wear our dresses. How long we wear them. How short we wear them. How many of you have tattoos? Let me see. No, I don't worry about it. How many of you have issues and and, and things, but you look at people. How many of you have been judgmental looking at supposed to be. It ain't me. I'm telling you, it's this hole right here. It's this spot right here. I'm going to tell you right now is that that's a dark hole. That's the that's the that's the Bermuda Triangle right there. That's 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 it right there. You go in that spot and there's no God right there. I'm just telling you. But there's some things that divide us got to hear this you got to hear the end of this that you don't need to allow to be present in that facility tonight. There's some things you need to leave at home. Get your judgmental, high-minded, pious self in check. Stop looking down your ecclesiastical noses at other people and get your prejudice out of the way. Get your racism out of the way. Get all of that stuff out of the way and watch how God brings tonight black, white, white, colored brown yellow green everybody and their mama one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all so you got to put that aside we cannot major on the minors and minor on the majors here's the one thing in closing that i really want us to see Here's the thing that unites us. There are some essentials and some non-essentials. The non-essentials are what time do y'all meet on Sunday? Do you meet outside? Do you meet inside? Do you meet this? Do you hold this long? Do you stay in there that long? Those things, don't worry about that. We're coming together tonight under the banner of love, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. And we're coming tonight, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father was above us all, in us all, and through us all, over all. And here's what you need to remember. Take this one truth, 1 Corinthians 15:1. It's not on the screen, so I'll just read it. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. So everybody that is Christian tonight is coming because of the gospel. They heard the good news. They heard the story of a savior came from glory. They understand that they are who they are by the grace of God. The same chapter says, I am what I am by the grace of God, for it is by grace through faith that you've been saved in Christ Jesus, and not that of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Any true Christian tonight is not there by any effort of their own. They're there because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. It's the finished verse of Calvary that makes us one in the body of Christ. The same blood that cleansed me cleansed anybody who is a child of God, for we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So that's number one. Verse two, by which also ye are saved. I told you, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. If you ever wondered what the cross was all about, if you ever wondered what faith is all about, if you ever wondered what it means to be saved and what you had to believe on to be saved, why don't you take a page from 1 Corinthians? Jesus came, he lived, he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose and he's alive forevermore and he's seated on the right hand of the Father and that's what I believe and I became a Christian because I believe that story. You became a Christian because you believe that story and if there's anybody that comes out tonight that is a Christian or going to be a Christian they're going to have to believe that story and so that's how we become one not because of how we dress, not because of how we look, not because of what day we worship. Come on, talk to me. Not where we worship but because of who we worship. Jesus Christ is alive. He is risen and he is Lord. That that is the gospel. So you can sit there on this Saturday Saturday morning and you can pretend to be deep. You can be fatigued. If anybody ought to be tired, it ought to be me. Y'all had to sit there while I preached and sweated. Bishop Mark, Pastor Tom, all the other speakers, all you had to do was sit there. Many of you took naps. I saw you, especially right in this area, right there. So anything you heard this morning, especially right over in this area right here. So anything that we need to know tonight about anything is that God has opened the heart of your pastors to have a stadium worship to where I believe the John 17 prayer of Jesus will be visibly, visibly manifested where the world will see us as one and then believe that God sent Jesus and that Jesus came, lived, died, was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life Such a simple message, but a powerful message, a message that can change a nation. Change a nation overnight. And I'm so grateful to God to be here with you and to be able to experience this tonight. I really am. And what I'd like to hear tonight in that stadium, it doesn't have to be chanted verbally, but I know I'll hear it in the spirit. Not we're number one, not we're the best not our church is bigger not we have more this or more that but it would be great to be able to hear in the spirit and maybe even audibly. we are one say it we are one say it we are are one say we are one stand and say we are one come on practice we are one come on we are one come on we are one put those hands together and celebrate god thanks for listening for more teachings and videos visit celebrationmen.org